all this preparation, I didn't even think about how we're going to start. <laughs> Any ideas? Uh, goddamn. So no. Can you whistle? No, I, no, I can't whistle. No. Hey, finally! I can, neither can I. No. Nah. Yeah. yeah. What? So rare to meet someone who can't whistle. Really? Yeah. I just thought it was a uh, incompetence thing. I mean, it probably is, but I haven't met many other incompetent people in that case. Is it possible to? Okay, surely it is possible to learn how to whistle, but is it like how we were discussing how you can do learn it better when you're younger? Hey. Okay. That's that a could good way be to start. it. Um, I can't. I don't know. What I do know is that even when I was like six, dad tried to explain to me, oh, it's so easy. You'll just twist your lips like, z fuck, no, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, you can't explain it with words, which is why, well, unless if you can explain it and he just sucked at explaining it, that's very yeah. possible too. But it, I, I just, I still can't do, I don't get it. Not nah, neither about. Like yeah. every now and then I'll get like a brief little one second whistle. I'm like, fuck, I'm doing it. But it's just. Nah, it's just nothing. Nah, it's nothing. Nah. Well, you know, also just quick note, I really like how you just did the German accent there, just while you're trying to like impersonate <laughs> your dad there. Cause that was, that was great. It's like, I don't know, do you do that consciously or subconsciously or? Oh, well, that bit is conscious just cause it's fun. And yeah. It just makes it more interesting. Um, what I do semi subconsciously is whenever I talk to my dad, I speak in a German accent. Which sounds very weird if I'm talking to him in a group of other people, because literally, just out of habit, I will switch from talking to you in my normal accent. Mm. As soon as I make eye contact with dad, I will start to sound a bit more like this again. <laughs> and then I come back to you and sound like this again. And it almost sounds like you're fucking with people. Well, exactly! Yeah. So, yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But I like, it's, it's just a habit. Like, I've always told myself I would love to talk to him like this, yeah. but it would just feel weird. I don't know, Try weird, this is not a barrier to, shouldn't be a barrier to yeah. doing you, it. You still should just, just try it one day if you haven't. Yeah, just just be like, I don't know, I can't, I don't even <laughs> want to. I'm so <laughs> notoriously bad. So Moss gives me so much shit because I don't commit to accents because I know that if I, I want to, if I want to try it, I'm going to, it has to be good. Otherwise, it's just bad. Do you ever practice them? No. I think no. there was a period of time in, oh, maybe 2015 where like one of my, you know, people make pseudo New Year's resolutions. It's like, oh, I want to learn 12 impressions in 12 months. So that That's sounds good. good. It sounds yeah. good in theory. I got to like two and one of them was Arnold Schwarzenegger, so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah. can do like the, the in pain, like the sort of <laughs> scream, but it's like, it's garbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a shame. Like, I feel like accents have often been on my extended to-do list, but I just never put the time in, into practicing them. I yeah. feel like it's a cool thing to just... To it's also probably do. a very good comedy tool as well. Oh, for sure. Danny yeah. McGinley uses like Ukrainian and Scottish and Aussie and whatever else. He, like he. How would you distinguish Ukrainian accent from a Russian accent? Because to me, it's an untrained ear. It's like... Maybe it is the same, but he just says it's his Ukrainian girlfriend. So. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Well, I guess you know how British accents, it's like you travel a couple of kilometers and it's a completely different dialect. Oh, for sure. Same, yeah. probably the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. It was. All right, cool. Well, we're, we're in, we were like, <laughs> we discussed at the start, like, Hey, how do we intro? And then we just start talking. So fuck it. You're in. Welcome. Welcome back to Barnsley Burns Down the World. I'm joined today by Paul and he doesn't, still doesn't want his surname. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hide from soon to be internet fame. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But we'll see. Howdy, 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 and thank you have, for having me again. That's all right. Good. It's we've got a great 
I guess, set list planned. I just, I use stand-up comedy terms now to just, I guess, categorize everything we do. I realized that as soon as I brought my friend to one of my shows and he never heard the term punter, which now I realize is kind of like muggle because it's basically our word for a non-comedian watching us. That is a very good point. Whereas actually. they would never describe themselves as a punter. They're just, yeah. they're just seeing a comedy show. Yeah. And before, um, when we started, I never even used the word punter because yeah. we're not even in hospitality. <laughs> we're just, we're kind of just there. Like we yeah. were the punters. Exactly. So yeah, even when, so this is going to be foreshadowing for a future episode. One of the anniversary episodes, I want to have everyone who's ever been on the podcast on in a single episode Damn. whether it's you know, everyone in the same room is a bit fuck like that's that's too far but maybe everyone in sections like a lineup so i'll have okay 10 minutes with you 10 minutes with you 10 minutes and then just like this basically it goes through the history of everything that this is built towards because it's like it's still like a nothing show <laughs> but it's still something variety of different nothings yes it's, it's a, a variety of nothings is a better than a non-variety of somethings yeah, wisdom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pseudo wisdom at that but that's okay so uh before we get into your there's a particular story that i've been wanting you to tell for a while i've got a really quick short one so i went to my grandparents house for dinner and when Oh, like last week, but that doesn't matter because this is going to come out in a week from now, which means it's two weeks in reality. And right, just, just, yeah, get just, I'll just go on yeah. for it. So, um, I was telling uh, my grandpa about how I've been reading books more recently because uh, he was asking about what am I interested in, like what hobbies. So, because Christmas is coming up, so he wants to know, you know, what I'm interested in, so he knows what to get. And I tell him, like, oh yeah, I've been reading this book. Uh, Sun Tzu, The Art of War. It's about battle tactics from 200 BC. And he goes, 200 BC? Like, what do you need to know that far back? Get something more modern. And I go, well, like what? And he goes, oh, like something from World War II. I'm like, hey, yeah, that's modern. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll... What do you suggest that I read about in uh, World War II? And he goes, oh, you know, there's a few characters around. There's, um, there's that dictator. <laughs> and I'm like, really? That dictator? <laughs> And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, he fought the bad guys, and I'm like, he he fought the bad guys now, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, Winston Churchill, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, now my nan, she's like, she's about to like explode in laughter, but I know that if I crack, he's not gonna keep going. Yeah. So so I have to hold composure. So I'm going really okay. Winston Churchill, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He fought that uh, that Hitler guy. You know, he was uh, he was a bit rude. You know, he uh, and he didn't like the Jews. <laughs> and I'm like, this is news to me. <laughs> now I think at this point he knew I was kind of taking the piss, but he kept going, right? Because right. he's just trying to recommend stuff. He goes, there's another character, this uh, Mussolini fella, and I'm like, oh, tell me about him. And he goes, all I know is that he had short legs. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thank you. That's a uh, useful information. Um, I guess, yep, Mussolini had short legs. And he, and he goes further. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he'd ride the horse, his legs would dangle. And I'm like, so like everyone else. And he goes, well, yeah, but he was particularly short. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Do you know anything else about him? And he goes, no, no, that's all I know. Uh, okay, all right, cool. So 
I go tell him, all right, I'll look for um, some books about, you know, your favorite World War II characters. And if I find something that interests me, I'll let you know. But, oh, dude, he comes out with some of the funniest unexpected shit. Something that, like, we couldn't even write some of the stuff that he just says naturally. Yeah. See, when, when you said books were from that time, I thought that he was going to recommend Mein Kampf. Yeah, see, and I thought when he said dictator, he was going to say Hitler. Winston Churchill, the evil dictator of World War II. <laughs> I mean, it's like, in a way, he's using classic comedy techniques without even realizing. Yeah, like, I, I guess, like, that subversion, that could get a stage laugh, I think. For sure. Like, that's almost, like, the way that I plan that story to tell you now, I tried to formulate it in a, as, like, some sort of bit so that it, it would work. So if I decide to cut that out, now we're breaking the fourth wall, to make it a clip later on, I now know how it's structured. I know it's all concise. There's jokes throughout exactly how we write stand up. And then now it's just on the internet platform. So I just wanted to put that in there because I thought you would also enjoy that story. Oh, dude, no, definitely. Good, fantastic. Good way of describing. Yeah, some people just have a knack for describing things in a interesting weird, or like yeah, weird like way. Captivating, that's it. Captivating, but also, what's the word? Does that ignorance, but it just, it adds to it? Yeah, where they're like uninformed, but in a funny way. Yeah, yeah. and you think you're about to hear some interesting new information, but it's okay, yeah, I've heard of... Yeah, it's I know like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're just, they're just lying. It's like, oh yeah, I don't know about that. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> Pushing further. Now, let's just, there's no way to segue in. Tell me about London. <laughs> All right. I feel like last time we kind of started with each other's first times doing certain stuff. Correct. Happy to come back to it at some point, um, but happy to just dive straight into London Acid. Um, so yeah, basically I studied in the UK and in that time there, I experimented with a couple of different druggies because they have very good quality as well. I was very lucky to have a friend who got, he was very knowledgeable. He did a lot of research. He got stuff through the dark web. And long story short, he was just like a great buddy to have. He could tell you, he had like a scale and everything. He could tell you exactly how much you're having, how much you meant to have as a beginner. So a very good friend to have as an introduction to things like uh, MDMA and acid. I would argue that is essential for anyone who's like looking at any sort of exploration. Like you don't for just, sure. don't show up at a club and take whatever some random guy you just met gives you. Like have someone who knows what they're doing or like who has the experience the knowledge and that you trust. That's the important part. That's the way, that's how, it's not don't take drugs, it's don't take drugs irresponsibly. Yeah, 100%. And before I met him, I was, I, I was always curious about eventually trying all those kind of different ones. So it wasn't like a new thing, but I think meeting him and seeing how trustworthy and how exact and precise he is with these things made me more keen or just more open to trying it soon, like now, as opposed to, waiting for the right moment because that was the right moment i felt mm -hmm. um but yeah i'll skip the first times and everything basically throughout my first year of uni i got pretty into acid maybe a little too into acid where during the school year or the uni year it was all right but then summer holidays i went back to london so i studied in canterbury i went back to london because my parents lived there at the time but all of my other friends, they moved back to Germany or to... I wasn't close enough with new people yet from the UK. So I felt I was more or less alone in London for three months because uni holidays were long. So out of almost boredom, 
basically every one and a half weeks i would have a solo acid trip to myself so i was always against uh any sort of uh mind altering substance solo like i it was purely social when i started smoking weed but how did that i guess begin because it's like doing acid on your own is completely different to doing acid with your buddies yeah for so, sure so like what made you decide to go yeah i'll give it a shot on my own i think and i'm really looking back further than i can exactly remember here but i think even in the times when i've had trips with friends there are always moments when you're alone either you go to the bathroom which feels like its own adventure i've heard or, that yeah. like, in, in, like, in many <laughs> yeah. different accounts like oh the tiles are staring at me yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> um so moments but then even just things like at the end of the day going back home to yourself and by then you're like mostly sober but there's still something going on mm -hmm. and i think it was just that difference of feeling that when i was alone and there's adventures that you would never have alone when you're with friends but i was just curious to see purely on my own what will my mind get up to and i think maybe i'm giving myself maybe i'm making this too complicated like i just out of boredom i just wanted to see i wouldn't even say boredom i if you want to make it more intellectual curiosity well both 100 yeah. percent both so that's like i have a curiosity generally for different states of consciousness mm -hmm um some drugs i don't like as much alcohol because i feel like it just makes me more tired mm. acid is uh, enjoyable right. among others and yeah i just remember the first time i tried it alone was in winter in london in like one of the smaller breaks like the three-week winter break um so i had experience by the time i got to summer having it on my own and there were some potentially scary moments but never something that became like a big issue so when you say scary does that was that in your head or was that this is potentially a dangerous situation uh so uh interesting one because the previous one was in my head mm -hmm. uh and the one that i'll get to the big story was a bit of both to be honest um so in my head it was honestly it's a pretty simple thing but basically we had because it was winter a santa candle holder and to be fair even as a kid even sober it just kind of freaked me out it's just like a scary looking santa like this tall from the table right like okay a, yeah and it didn't even become an issue because before i started tripping i consciously put it into a closet somewhere so that it's out of sight out of mind and it was fine i had a good trip until it moved <laughs> i mean dude on that note i was eating a kinder bueno a white bueno and uh, i was what wearing is that sorry do you know kinder bueno no dude it is an awesome chocolate like a hazelnutty kinder chocolate like a wafer but with like this hazelnutty sweet filling okay all right um and then they had a limited edition white chocolate version um but it's a very crumbly thing the crumbs being brown and i was wearing this white jumper kind of like yeah on a, on a chair similar to this just kind of like lounging mm -hmm. and as i crumb onto myself don't ever say you crumbed onto yourself again, please. <laughs> As I crumbed onto myself, I noticed that all, every single crumb, it was almost like a war between ants or spiders or something. Okay. So like there were crumbs and each of them looked like they were kind of moving and like little things going to war. 
And I knew consciously enough that obviously I'm seeing this because of the drug. And so that stopped me from freaking out. But I could easily see how it would be very freaky to think that you're having lots of little spiders on you, like fighting each other. Mm. I'm sorry, I know you're telling a story, but I'm going to just move it closer. Because... Because right. <laughs> yeah. I know I notice it and I try to give signals to people in the guests without uh, interrupting sorry, it. And yeah. for once I decided, no, I'm going to interrupt your story completely like derailing it but perfect keep the mic when i do this cool. put the mic closer okay yeah that's all right. it all right good I'll okay the next time. so spider ant war with crumbs on yourself yep exactly okay. yes so okay does that that sounds not like a traumatizing experience but still like no so like it could become one if you focus on it in the wrong way but yeah. i just kind of kept reminding myself obviously i'm just seeing this because of the drug and then i kind of saw the entertainment value of it right and you're just staring at yourself now for like yeah staring at my own stomach yeah, <laughs> for, like, for like an hour so, I, just, I always love this is one of my favorite parts about any acid trip whether it's solo or with friends is just seeing what you look like to someone with no context so just imagine you walk into the room and you just see a guy who crumbed all over himself and he's just staring at it for like 10 minutes just Staring at his stomach with crumbs on it. See, I not think, even, yeah. Not even, like, trying to get them away or anything. So, the only way to capture that, then, would be to... you got to have a group historian with you. Yeah, that's that's the best way. So, uh, Steve-O, famous for drugs, uh, he was his own group historian. He has stacks and stacks of tapes of all different experiences. He's documented uh... the vast majority of everything he's done, everything he's had. And on YouTube, he releases... I guess like not warnings but like i guess his experience like little youtube videos he, he's he's basically a youtuber now he's even like shilling all his products he went on joe <laughs> rogan recently and he just like brought a bag full of products he's like hey this is like these are like my butthole wipes that i'm selling now and then rogan's like what the fuck you doing man <laughs> but the just make your cash somehow yeah the act of um i guess documenting is quite is important especially if you're looking at this at the hobby of drugs from a experimental standpoint yeah because like what's an experiment without results oh a hundred percent i think that's a really interesting idea one that i haven't done yet uh what i have done if anything is just kind of write down handwritten generally most of the time i use my phone for notes mm -hmm. but when you're tripping there's just something magical about creating out of nothing this blue ink or black ink i can't just... do that i have terrible handwriting oh mine's shit as well but it's still magical to create something no but see of... you don't understand you're german you have at least some level of uh like standards mine is just gone you know how the british teeth stereotype is fucked yeah that's my handwriting damn yeah it's not right. good no it's it's quite terrible actually i should maybe i'm supposed to be right-handed actually <laughs> i don't i don't really know but most of my fan actually all my immediate family are left-handed except for the youngest sister so because of this and also like everyone was either brown-haired or ginger so and she was blonde and everyone had green eyes or brown eyes and she had blue eyes so when we were really young my youngest sister and i would convince her that she was adopted <laughs> Oh, God. because the evidence pointed everywhere and then and then when she's like no no i'm not you're like you're right that's mean you're actually from another planet <laughs> <laughs> here's this hammer that you used to communicate with your real parents just give yourself a whack you'll be fine and then like she's about to do it the first time my mom's like 
Joshua, <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, no, no, it's not just me. It's, it's her too. Oh, God. Uh, so yeah, we just, yeah, fuck with her like that. But um, I suppose if you did that to someone while they're on acid, like the results could be more catastrophic. And oh, yeah, Jesus, fuck, yeah. Don't. So is there, based on that reaction, is that just general experience or do you have a story that goes with that? Ah, uh, kind of, in the sense that it's more my own stupidity, but this was like a semi-solo, semi-with-friends trip, mm. uh, which had the worst of both worlds. Because um, it's good, we can't just glorify uh, something that has this stigma. Oh, you, no. have to, you have to be unbiased and be like, okay, look, good and bad, that's the best way to advocate for anything. The best way to convince anyone of anything is to be like, hey, look, this isn't... If it's more about the opinion than it is about trying to convince someone of something, you've got to give both the good and the bad. So please, for sure, the floor is yours. So by that point, I must have taken at least seven or eight acid trips total, maybe. And I think I was just getting very overconfident because I am lucky enough to be pretty stable-minded, both sober and tripping. I don't get anxious too easily, fairly confident, don't really care what other people are thinking around me. Uh, which has led to good, comfortable trips, but it's also led to really pushing the boundaries, which is what this story is about. Good. That's um, like that's exactly like the, that's what I want to hear because if anything, if this podcast isn't about anything, so if it is about anything, I want it to be about pushing boundaries. There you go. And that's just not even just this episode. That's just in general. <laughs> yeah. So. It was, yeah, I was pushing the boundaries in more ways than one, both in terms of the dosage to begin with, which I'll get to, in terms of my actions, what I did on the trip, uh, just a bit of everything. But yeah, basically, for anyone that doesn't know one tab or one standard beginner's dose of acid to feel something but not go overboard is around 150 micrograms, maybe. Yes, and that visually looks like a stamp. Yeah, exactly. Um... That was my first time. I learned pretty quickly that I'm comfortable enough to go more to like 250 to 350 microgram. That was a, my th 330 roundabout was my sweet spot um, as I later learned because some of it was too much. That was perfect. I got to see a lot of stuff. I didn't feel bored. I was very um, just engaged by what I was seeing. I was going to say active, but then I had to figure out that engage is a better word. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was active too in different ways. But um, yeah, so this time... I don't know if this was my first time doing this, but I had 450 micrograms, which for me is a lot. For most people is already insane. I think from what I've read, 1,500 is like the absolute max you should ever do. That's like you, it's not even the world anymore. Yeah, because I suppose with a mind altering drug, then there has to be a boundary because even if like mind altering, but that term itself, I'd say that there's a certain point that you can't come back from. Like, yeah, like a permanent mind-altering. I believe basically. that there are some studies from the 70s, uh, maybe even 60s, where when the CIA were first, I guess, testing it out on people, that there were cases of, it, I guess, bringing people to insanity, and they were never the same since and that's the kind of stereotype that throws people off this to begin with that makes them not even consider the any sort of benefits they just go nope but, bad results bad yeah so i mean this is probably a separate conversation i'm overall definitely pro but holy shit with like a lot of boundaries and care and stuff taken but see as you should be yeah that's that's responsible 
Yeah. Which I was not uh, at this time. That's all right. You, you <laughs> learn. You learn the responsibility. I'd argue that if you never learned it, then you you could be worse off now. That is very true. Um, so yeah, four hundred fifty, which is already a pretty fucking strong amount. Uh, what made it worse is previously I always took it um, either if I was alone at home. So I'm talking just about my solo once here. Either if I was alone at home, so I could be comfortable. Or usually I would go out and about, which some people might think is stupid in some ways, maybe is. But if I'm out and about, I'm almost hidden in plain sight. Because if I'm walking past people, nobody looks at you for more than like 10 seconds. They don't give a shit. If someone looks at me for nine seconds, I'm... No, I'm well, so, <laughs> yes. So that's a, pretty, that's a pretty fucking big window there, yeah, bro. Like, well, that, that's my point. Next time you walk down the street, <laughs> look at someone for nine seconds directly in the face and oh, see God. if they freak out dude a friend in germany literally made eye contact with someone for like three four seconds and they got into a fight that like, is very funny yeah it is <laughs> um, <laughs> basically he because the other person approached him aggressively yeah. just like out of freaking out and self-defense he just started punching before yeah. they did oh so he was the aggressor he, well, technical. Te well he, it was self-defense but like preemptive self-defense so is it self-defense I would say yes. Look, I, at, at the very least, I would say it's very fair if someone's aggressively coming onto you to just yeah. fucking punch them. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 no, I'd agree there. Still, I'd, I'd be curious how that would be argued in court because then you'd have to go... Because the way that, you know, obviously, you know, court works, they say, hey, here's this book with all the rules and yeah. it's how you interpret the rules. So, that is a very good point, actually. So what would... We, well, let's not pretend to be lawyers. We could pretend to be lawyers for a second <laughs> and then try and figure it out, but... I'd say that the LSD experiences are a bit more interesting. So let's right, continue let's, with that. Let's stick to that. Cool. So usually free house or I roam around and about. Point is, even if you think it's stupid, I felt comfortable in that environment. Uh, I would kind of, yeah. This time I was in London for a weekend. So in some ways I felt a bit time limited. I wanted to get certain things done within that weekend. And I read just before this particular trip that acid makes you better at the things you're already good at so for example there's a famous baseball player in the 60s or 70s who was famous for i think he once broke a couple of records in a game and it turned out that he was tripping in that game huh, okay that's actually that's that's a very interesting hypothesis because i also agree with it in the sense that i think i said in the last one when i smoke up i'm better at video games yeah yeah so is that I guess a common thing with psychoactive drugs because I don't think it wouldn't happen on oh, maybe because I'm trying to, I'm trying to list uh, I've got a list of just drugs that exist in my head yeah uh, and well like Adderall I mean is that that's for focus for but, focus yeah but it's not psychoactive so that could make you better at things so that is I guess the only uh, exception but I also don't know many drugs so yeah yeah I, I i couldn't really comment on that too deeply what i can say is that you get really good at multitasking on mdma because a friend and i we were late for a movie and we were running like sweating running because we were that late to meet friends but he still wanted to have a cigarette so while we're running we're smoking a cigarette and sharing that <laughs> that's <together>. very funny <laughs> <laughs> we must have looked like the biggest fucking dickheads just yeah. running on the street but actually still smoking. i recently saw some uh um guy in china ran a mar marathon while chain smoking <laughs> the whole time he came uh, so it was like 150 people he came 44th that is pretty fucking impressive unless the numbers are wrong <laughs> but i know i know that he he 
beat the halfway point. Like, he wasn't in the bottom half. He was in the top half. But oh, the, the guy's a legend. Jesus. Yeah? Like, he, his blood should be analyzed and studied <laughs> for future medicine. Oh, man. That's like the kind of shit that they would make ads out of that cigarettes are good for you. They so. would, yeah. Because, you know, like, I think it was... What... What decade was it where there, where doctors would be like, oh, you know, you should actually smoke. It's good for your health. I think basically anything 60s or before, maybe. Yeah, where they'd encourage it beyond social. They'd say, I know it actually helps, but in fact, it does not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I, I never understood. So I know that I can't get into smoking cigarettes because I get addicted to things. And also the wallet won't allow it. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's an expensive sort of hobby, um, not one that I could ever justify. Um, that being said, I also know that if I try it in a social setting, like I'm sure, like you'd be hanging around with friends, and then the very first time someone pulls out a cigarette and goes to you, "Hey, you want to smoke?" You've got an option there to say either yes or no. Like I've always said no, never try a cigarette. You obviously you said you had, but like, can you remember a moment like that in your history where? you made a decision like that just to try something new foreign for the first time like with your first time smoking up or like the first time trying acid like do you know what i'm trying to say i'm trying to get you to answer a question so i don't have to keep adding in words here well i, I would answer it as soon as i understand the question all right that's my bad then <laughs> no it will it sounds intriguing but i'm just not quite sure what the question is do you mean like where i consciously made a decision to not get addicted but still try it or like despite yeah because the it's like there's always that barrier of okay if you know who you are and you can go too far then where's that point because i know i'm saying for me I, it, it's cigarettes so two come to mind for me one being cigarettes when i was 13 14 in hamburg eighth grade uh yep eighth grade that was the year when the kids above our level which is like you know for us the cool kids we aspire to be when they all started smoking mm. But at that point, because we were 14, our friends and I all made a pact that, oh, that's fucking stupid. Like, we'll never get into that. And next year, we're in ninth grade. And now everyone's been smoking for a while. And I don't remember how they got into it, but pretty quickly, they got into cigarettes. Like, previously, maybe they would get one from the older kids. Now they would just have packs and smoke on their own. So... I was about to comment about how I'm getting deja vu from this conversation. And then I remember literally Did we talk about this exactly time? the same way in the same place, fuck. in the same right, chairs. No, 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 but that's good. That's good. Cause I was like, fuck, am I going crazy? No, it's you. <laughs> You're the problem. All right, well, I guess we can edit but that also, out then. No, I'm not going to edit that. I'm keeping it in. Fuck you. Well, All right. My, my point being, um, I made a conscious decision not to, even when all my friends got into it. Yeah. And I tried it very often i got to the point where like one or two tokes gave me a nice 30 second nicotine flash or mm -hmm. a nicotine high if i had two or three or four tokes very fine line i would actually feel sick for the next two hours yeah which is not the goal i guess unless you you want to be sick maybe if you're really bad at acting and you want to skip school or something yeah well no so one of the tricks that i used once was um having a whole packet of spearmint mints and it'll just make you sick. Like it will just, you will throw up. So it's like, it's, you're not, you're not even faking. You're just making yourself sick. And it's like, oh, you know, I can't be faking it if it's real. It's like, well, yeah, but you just had a whole tin of mints. Yeah. yeah. So I use that once or twice. Uh, and I can understand the merit of 
<laughs> the cigarettes, but yeah, you know, it's it is what it is. Yeah, but I don't know. I just found it easy to never get into it because yes, the nicotine flash was fun, but everyone knows, like even as a fourteen-year-old, that the flash is only there because I don't usually smoke. So as soon as I smoke, usually it's nothing special mm. and if anything it's the other way around where then i need to smoke to feel normal and that's i don't know i just personally found that easy to avoid like i no i wouldn't say i faced peer pressure nobody thought i was uncool for not smoking but i just had friends who were smoking and it's very easy i guess to do what everyone else around you is doing it is in social situations people whether it's conscious or subconscious will just i guess act like whoever they not like act like whoever they trust the most but like not shadow i'm like i gotta find a way to say it without making it look like i'm talking out of my ass because i kind of am <laughs> it's like all right if you tell a joke in a group of people look at who's looking at who because yeah yeah you know what i'm gonna say because there's like the person who they trust the most they'll look to first to see if they're laughing and if they are then they are more likely to laugh that's like a, I think, I can't remember if it was a psychology experiment or if it was just something that was observed through time, but it makes sense. Oh, definitely. You see it in comedy clubs as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll just kind of skip over because I realize we're going very far off the London thing, which may have No, 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 that's good because what happens is the conversation will circle back around and then we fill in the time, create the content. It's all, Boom. this is actually exactly what we want. Now that you've addressed Perfect. it and made me have to explain it, we've broken the circle. So let's bring it right no, back can, around we can, we can unbreak the circle that's exactly right. right i was trying to just then <laughs> which i helped you with uh, yeah, 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 so sure. uh <laughs> no i guess the other example being acid so mm. specifically i remember the first time trying it in fact this is a double circle because it reminds me of something i was going to say before that's good you were talking about recording things the first time as i was coming up um <laughs> as i was coming up on the lsd I wasn't physically in the room with the guy that I was talking about. Kian was his name, mm -hmm. legend of a dude. Mm -hmm. um, but I would send him voicemail, uh, WhatsApp voice messages. Yeah. And it almost felt like I'm like a scuba diver who's communicating to the above world or something. It was kind okay. of, it was really cool. So even though it was a communication, I guess you could theoretically play those back and that's a bit of a record. Like it's not a continuous recording, but yeah, just- the They're whole... in pieces, yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon you could- fine like obviously we don't have to do on the show but like can you reckon you could get those recordings because i'm curious what i would love to i'll have a look literally as soon as we stop yeah good all um, right because yeah i'm that's got my curiosity because it's it's documentation yeah, yeah it's like, evidence. I, I vaguely remember what i was saying um basically like there's all these noises that you drown out because they're static so like the hum of your computer right now for example yeah until you mention it and now i can't stop hearing exactly it. yeah and i felt like suddenly i just heard every noise like i was very sensitive there's tastes that you block out like i could suddenly just taste what my neutral tongue mouth tastes like i've experienced that before with edibles yeah, yeah there you go that, that's and quite common what i only realized years later is that i think that acid made me really mindful in an enjoyable way like i just felt at peace to just sit and listen to things i didn't think of it as mindfulness at the time but i'm pretty sure now that's what that was mm. um that just sitting like i f i didn't sit and think about things i sat and felt the feeling of sitting in a comfortable chair yeah that whole thing so there was when i was first trying to do um like learn about edibles uh i knew what the, the extended time frame was about eight hours 
So I had, it was literally in this chair and it was in front of the TV, pop on a game and then just like play it and wait it out. And then before I knew it, just the feeling of the chair, like I became a part of the chair for like eight hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So it's like, it's people hear stuff like that and they're just spooked. Like they don't, they're too afraid to, I guess, not be in touch with reality they have to be in control all the time i'd argue that psychedelics are a form of medicine and that could help treat that sort of like not condition but like i guess state of mind would you agree a hundred percent for sure like it just kind of takes you out of your automatic way of thinking which is this automatic kind of almost a problem solving approach but then there's not always a problem to be solved right um that's an interesting way to look at it that i've never thought of yeah so that i found really helpful not to plug shit but um not plug what's it. it called waking up by sam harris it's an app yep it costs money but you can pretend you're poor and get a scholarship to get it for free mm-hmm. uh, and they have real fucking wisdom like one of the ways of becoming mindful or even just thinking about it is to just kind of repeat oh i forgot okay i forgot the exact words but like what is my mind doing if if there's no problem to solve. I forgot the first half of it, but it's if there's no problem to solve. And that just kind of puts you at ease because it's so natural to think, oh, what should I do next? How do I be productive? To just kind of be like, I don't have to keep solving shit. I want to remember that because that is very helpful advice as well for anyone who's freaking out on anything, whether it's in a a social, like even if it's a, just anxiety. If someone's having an anxiety attack, I I think that statement could help calm them down like obviously you know have you heard of there's a strategy where it's like you got a name it's like it's like something about counting things in a room and it helps when when the anxiety is going up it brings it back down because they're becoming more grounded and level because they're saying all right there's five of these in a room there's four of these here there's Mm. three of these there so a they're counting down but also they're like distracting their mind from whatever anxious feelings because you know it's like mental illness is not as straightforward as physical illness so you could use psychological techniques or tricks oh, like that for sure i haven't heard of that particular technique but i can see how it makes i might sense be butchering it just... too though so well, I mean, like even on a rough level though it seems like it makes sense because it yeah. just kind of brings you into the space you're in like, that might just be how i delivered it you know we, we've got to practice delivery <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like hey nah, i've not... got to convince you that i'm right otherwise <laughs> i lose yeah. uh, we can look into that yeah we can all right um, i but... think if as soon as you finish that thing because i thought that was going to be a point i was like all right we'll take a break but no Uh, no so i was just going to say so two questions so well first not a question but um two questions first one not a question yeah good job good job dickhead final thing on the first time of acid was yeah in relation to your asking about that choice of i guess addiction or not i realized like i became very self like conscious of my thoughts on that first trip and i realized that one acid is fucking awesome like i love this but is it a problem that i love it like do i will i then seek it out more and addiction comes in many forms and the fact that you have to wait at least like a week for your tolerance to build back up to do an next trip again but then the fact that i was doing it as often as i could I don't know if that is, it probably is some form of addiction. I would agree in the sense that it is. If you're 
actively going out of your way to do something, if it's positive, people will say it's dedication or commitment. And if it's not, they'll say it's an addiction. <laughs> yeah, I was dedicated to exploring the psychedelic yeah. world. I'm dedicated yeah. to my workplace because <laughs> I have to be there six days a week. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's that's not exactly the same thing. It's it depends if it's positive or negative. Yeah, yeah. But but if I guess exactly. if you view it if you view it as positive, then you weren't I, de- I, you, you were dedicated. You were committed. I, well, I got a lot out of it, yeah. other than the bad one. But even the bad one, I guess I learned the lessons, so I at least always got something out of it. Walk so. me through some of those lessons, then. So it's going to be very hard to say this without sounding pretty arrogant. But one fucking of the trips, go for it. No, well, yeah, but basically, one of the trips before that. So before the trip, for context, maybe as a kid. I was pretty confident. As soon as I hit teenage years, very unconfident. Got bullied at school. Not like the bullied kid, but, you know, everyone got bullied in some way. Took that very internally. Um, And I'm talking both kind of socially, but also just, I guess, aesthetics. Like, I didn't think I was very attractive. And I think as a teen, I wasn't. As I became 17, 18, and, like, really grew into things... I feel like I realized a lot later than others that I'm a decent looking dude, but I just never felt like it. I felt very insecure about the way I look. Your perception was different to reality. Yeah, exactly. And one time I was tripping and I don't know what I did before this if I was walking on the street. I don't remember if I was looking at buildings or the ground, but I finally consciously just looked at people as I was walking past them. And... I don't know if this is like acid that was increasing my wishful thinking, but I swear I just noticed every now and then like ladies kind of checking me out. Like it was a summer day. I was wearing a tank top, you yeah. know, gun, sun's out, guns out. Of course. Um, but not just that. Like Sorry, just as kinda... is the law of man. <laughs> exactly. It's the law. You, you got to. Um, but not just like my body. I was always confident with my body, but like even just looking at my face and that was the first time. And even just seeing myself in the mirror tripping it almost felt like i was seeing myself from an external perspective in a more objective way Mm, okay and that was just the first time that it really hit me like dude you're a decent looking dude like you're a handsome guy you don't have to be insecure about the way you look and just like that insecurity gone in a way yes but it wasn't enough in the sense that literally like that I was confident in my looks, Mm -hmm. which is great. It's a great thing to have. But because I was so unconfident in my looks before that, I still had zero practice with even trying to hit on girls by that point. Right. Okay. So you got past the mental barrier, but you need to get past the physical barrier now. Well, it was both. It was still a mental barrier of, okay, what the fuck does a move look like? Because I would still get like sweaty hands and be like all flustered and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was confident in my looks, but I was still a fucking dumbass when it came to... Sometimes... I was too stupid to read signals. Sometimes I saw the signals. Everyone gets that though. Everyone, everyone, I'm, I'm sure any, anyone who interacts with people can look back and go, fuck, why didn't I realize oh, that? Oh, dude, then? no, for sure. Like, yeah. it's definitely not unique to me. But by that point, I had friends who had a lot more experience than me. Um, and I think even that, I don't know, like, regardless of looks, at least during school, they tried. They went to parties and they made moves. I went to parties and... 
I don't know. I just didn't even try because I just felt insecure about trying to make a move. So I've got a mate who's going to listen to this because I'm going to tell him to because of this, I guess, anecdote or story, uh, story, backstory, history, um, wisdom, fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. This like background information of, hey, it's not just them. Like for other sure. People. Dude, it's, it's so common and holy shit. Like at the time, I would have loved to know how common it is. Because all I could think of was my friends who had all these experiences. And I was like, fuck, I'm way behind them. Like, this is going nowhere. Yeah. But the fact um, that you were even able to recognize that to take steps further as well is, I guess, a sign of human progression, which is what you want when you grow. Yeah. So I guess one of my points with that is I could have and probably would have eventually realized the same thing without tripping. But it might have taken me a lot longer. Mm. whereas i still had steps to do but at least that one step which is important like yeah i got beyond that like that step that's yeah. great okay now we're gonna take a break because... all right and we're still finishing the london story because i wasn't done oh for fuck's sake all right let's go go whoa 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 this is a longer one because i feel like we've been interrupted a lot the point go... interrupted it's just us here well, no, I mean, like... You by, say by we, a... but it's me then. If there's only you and me and you're like, I've been interrupted... Well, no, it's both of us. To be fair, like, I like to go on tangents. Yeah. But maybe for the sake of this story, I'll, uh, will Avoid from derailing. Because I, I yeah. genuinely thought we were good. No, no, no. That's so why I interrupted these, again. These were more general learnings from a variety of acid trips. But All this right. is one particular acid trip where I did a lot of wrong stuff. Go for it. Cool. So, 450 mics. That's what I mentioned before like 40 minutes ago yeah exactly <laughs> so fuck remembering. um yeah. and this time i was not alone at home mum was at home and so i took it while she's there because it, it doesn't instantly hit you so while she's there i start taking it with the intention to then go out of the house um in and of itself going out of the house no problem i did that before but what I mentioned earlier, getting better at things you're already good at. So what I was good at at the time, I ran a fuck ton. I ran, again, out of boredom and out of the fact that I ate a fucking Woolies bag worth of sweets every weekend. Three times a week, I'd run the equivalent of a half marathon. Could you have just not eaten the Woolies bag of sweets? Eventually, I learned that, but it took me too long. Yeah. It took me way too Instead, long. Instead, you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to go for a run yeah, so I can keep dude. eating sweets. Exactly. Dude, it was a vicious fucking cycle. I yeah. ran three times a week a ridiculous amount only so I could eat a ridiculous amount of sweets. I probably give myself could have given myself diabetes in one night. That? Uh, no tangents. No, I'll come back to that one because I think yeah. there is value there. I literally have a note on my phone of one of my worst binges where I knew how ridiculous it was, but I couldn't stop eating. So I made a note of everything that I ate. And it's just this ridiculous list of like four Snickers, three Cadbury chocolate bars, four whatever of this. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, but yeah, point is my plan was to go for a run tripping, which in and of itself could be done if it's the later hours of a trip where you're a bit more stabilized. There's right. a sweet spot where you're a bit stabilized, but you're still seeing funny stuff. That's what you want. I agree because the story about the guy who I guess discovered LSD, it's, I'm going to probably butcher it, but I'll see if I can recall off the top of my head. When he was testing it, no one else would test it. So he tested it on himself, but then he had to ride his bike home. So he's going there and it kicks in as he's going. And I see heaps of videos. It's like a point of view, uh, you've just discovered acid and it's like some guy on a bike and just is like colors and flashes and just like shit everywhere. And it, it's, I guess 
exercising under any sort of enhancement is it'll probably definitely make it more interesting dude one of my biggest dreams at the time which i never quite fulfilled was to play soccer on acid um that would be so funny to watch oh i would i don't i, I don't i don't have any interest in soccer but if every player took acid before playing i would pay top dollar for that game like genuinely that is the only thing that would make me interested dude imagine like rugby <laughs> people like crashing into each other and oh, shit oh lord that would be fantastic it would be oh dude okay oh, okay man. so go what uh... dude like look I, I forgot that tangents are a good thing yeah. I just meant the fact that we haven't actually finished that particular story that's alright that's alright um, but yeah so my thing at the time was running uh, it's a simple thing not really much to fuck up but because of my mum being there or as I think the Americans say on account of my mum being there mm -hmm. I left already. And so as I was coming up, again, on 450 mics, I started to run. And because it was still that very weird starting thing where you physically feel a bit almost ill at the start, you're not sure what's quite, you know, something's going on. It's like it's when still... your, your head starts to feel different. Yeah, it's like you just feel heavy, your chest is kind of tight. And it felt weird to run. So every couple of meters, I stopped and walked. And then I ran a bit and stopped and walked. And I couldn't tell whether being out of breath was supposed to be happening because I'm running. That's like you're supposed to challenge yourself. That is correct. Or whether I'm going too far and I looked like a dumbass who was like sprinting and then stopping and then sprinting and then stopping. <laughs> I imagine if you imagine like a... Uh, the shot, like a shot from a movie, you're looking across the street and you see someone, they sprint for a couple of seconds and then they stop. Yeah. And they sprint for a couple of seconds <laughs> and they stop. And then they sprint for a couple of seconds and they stop. <laughs> and that was you. That was, that was me. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that I was smart enough to not sprint full speed, but it's possible that I was running too fast or that I was really slow and I just felt that any breath that's not my normal breath is scary. What's more ridiculous, going faster or going slower or th and thinking that you're going faster or slower? Because I think that running faster than you than you think you are, <laughs> that's kind and of then funny, suddenly stop. I think is that, but is it funnier? Oh fuck, that's a tough one. We ha we'll have to do a video. Yeah, like, oh. yeah. What it looks like perspective. It's a, a fucking good idea. Um, also side tangent, but I have once ridden my bike on acid, and it was glorious. But anyway, oh, okay. Enough okay. of that. Um, I'm running, and it takes me a while i feel like i slowly ease into it where at some point i finally find a rhythm but on that long and painful journey to get there and remember at this time i was running 23 k's plus the walking like i was you say remember like you told me the first time and you didn't uh, 23 is a fucking lot oh so well i said half marathon and i guess well, i should I point out well, no, that's, well, no, fair enough <laughs> my point is a half marathon is 23 k's mm -hmm. Plus my mum still being home, I think I knew that she was eventually going to go out somewhere. So my plan was to be home when she's gone, which might have taken a while. Mm -hmm. Until I found my running rhythm, I think I realized that there might have been some planned running events that day in London. I didn't hear about it. I didn't really care about running events, but there were like um, paramedic ambulances everywhere. I think just in case people, uh, I don't know, have a... Just injured or needed yeah. assistance yeah in, in need yeah. assistance exactly um and yeah there was a lot more people running than usual so i kind of put two and two together there must have been some kind of event but then as i finally reached not 
what are the two famous parks? Regent's Park. That was the one that I went to. First, it was glorious. Like, finally, I felt comfortable to consistently run, consistently be slightly out of breath, but it felt motivating more than it felt discomforting. Constantly, I thought that there was a figure just behind me trying to catch up, but it wasn't in a scary way. What I told myself at the time, you know when you're trying to race yourself in a kart video game and you see the shadow of your best time? Yes. I thought that this was the acid basically teaching me that I'm very competitive and I don't want this guy to overtake me. But that was your interpretation. That That's was my quite, interpretation. That is quite interesting, actually. Yeah. And that was fascinating. And on top of that, so I was listening to music on my earphones. Why, like, to the beat of the music, the grass on the path around me was, like, waving and turning different colors. So this was the good part that I was looking forward to, that I was imagining the whole time. So did that for a long time, finally on the way back home. And then as I'm approaching my street, I start to just kind of slow down. And as I run, I'm still kind of running at a slow speed. This old guy, couple of meters away from me, he falls off one of those, they're called hover bikes. They don't hover, but you know, those like... Oh, like hover, hover bikes or hover boards? The Segway? Uh, it's like the Segway without holding anything. It's like... Oh, it's like, yeah, the, the hoverboard thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. like the wheel and the platform. And, yeah. And the one when they... <laughs> you see the videos with the children on there and then when the battery dies, they just go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those. Okay. And he fell off. I had, I think so, nothing to do with it. He was five meters away from me. But I couldn't help but feel like, fuck, did I somehow... <laughs> inadvertently caused that with your so, mind well just maybe like my physical presence i was scaring him or something i was like are you all right and he said he's fine he said he was fine no dramas but the thing about humans in general is we're very good at making connections where there's no connections it's why you see jesus on a toast those kind of things yes it, it has an evolutionary reason it's better to oversee danger than to undersee it but now that there's no danger we just see connections when you take acid you see connections of like dimensions that you wouldn't even consider putting together otherwise. Is that so, because people think that that's what they're supposed to see and then that's like, I guess, a predetermined thought? Or is that, do you think, actually what you're seeing? I didn't consciously put it together. Like, I was convinced of the story that I'm about to tell. It's like my mind subconsciously did it mm -hmm. and then I just thought that was the reality. Okay. Um, so basically... After the old guy, I was continuing to run and either a person or a couple, I don't remember, they moved out of my way because I was running. Like, it's that simple. But they looked vaguely sad or something. And then my mind just put these three or four different things together. So I had this impression that they were avoiding me, not just because I'm running and they want to get out of the way, that they were avoiding me because I did something bad. That, like, they were avoiding me specifically. Mm -hmm. Then I thought of the old guy and just thought maybe I was running in a really reckless way. And then I remember the paramedic... <laughs> Sorry, I just picture you just, like, fucking running around <laughs> like this. So, like, you're on acid, but it's like you're riding, but you're running and your arms are swinging fucking everywhere. <laughs> That's what I visualized. Now, and now, let's go back to that scene where it's like you're running for a couple of seconds and you stop. So you're not running like this, right? You're running like this. And you stop. You go like this. And it's just across the street. Oh, like fuck. this. That's glorious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those two things. Then I remembered 
maybe I didn't even remember. I saw another paramedic van. And then I was like, fuck, did I cause someone to be injured or have like something? Or like scare them, anything. Did you cause anything? Exactly. Did I cause anything? And then suddenly there was not even a question. I didn't think like I was convinced that this is what happened. I thought that maybe I was running so fast without considering the fact that other people might not be at my level that some people tried to follow my pace and then someone got a heart attack. So like I was convinced, I was convinced that not on purpose, but that I killed someone. And as soon as I convinced myself of that, every window on that street looked like it was open. And I thought I could hear the entire city of London crying about hearing the news of this tragedy that just happened. Right. Okay. And desperate and sad and shocked like i more people were avoiding me again just because i was still running i don't think i slowed down until finally i reached my street and before i go into my house there's one guy on the street and half crying desperate i asked this person what happened what happened (laughs) and they were just like what do you mean nothing happened and as soon as they said that Everything unwound, unwound, unwinded, and cleared up. Unwound. And I, well, yeah. unwound, yeah, unwound. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, and I realized my mind just made all of that up, and I'm fine. I didn't kill anyone. How could I? Then I started using my logical brain. Like, even if I killed someone, how does news ever spread so quickly that everyone's crying at the same time <laughs> from their windows? It just makes no logical sense. It makes no logical sense. It doesn't sense. even make cartoon sense. It doesn't even make cartoon sense. <laughs> exactly. In no world would this be possible. But only after he said that did I realize that. So I went home, had a shower, thankfully home to myself. Otherwise, like by that point, there's no way I could have spoke to mum even remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, so to that guy, I was obviously on fucking something. Like, oh, imagine yeah. some guy on the street just coming up to you with no context, just being like, "What happened? What happened?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even register for a second well, until you had to just yeah, explain that there. Exactly, because there's so many fucking elements to this, and to this day, I wonder if I didn't run into that guy, would I have stayed convinced until outside the trip that I killed someone? Or would I have eventually put things together? And I probably think I would have eventually realized the logic of, obviously that didn't happen, but fuck, like that could have weighed on me for hours after that. Yeah. And that would have made the trip worse as well. 100%. 100%. So like, and that's that's the danger that I'm getting at as well, is within a flick of a switch, I went into convincing myself that I killed someone, even if I didn't do it directly, but then with another flick like that to like, oh, everything's fine. And it goes that quickly. I think that suddenness is probably what scares the most people away from it. For sure. But those who want to explore, I guess it's, it'll be a shock if you didn't know. Like, yeah. if you gave someone acid who didn't know what acid was and didn't explain or anything, like, I'm sure people have done that before. Maybe there's documentaries about that as well. I don't think that's legal, actually, now that I think about it. Doubt it. But that would be interesting from a science perspective to see. Because obviously, if you, at this point, you'd had eight or ten Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. so you were well-versed enough to know what was going on and eventually come to the conclusion to piece the dots together. But without that history or backstory, that 
could have been a lot more disastrous. Exactly. You, you might have actually then decided, oh, fuck it, I've killed one. Why not three? But maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Like, yeah. I don't... Like, you just don't know what your mind's going to react like. And yeah. there's a lot of things you can do to avoid that. Because, again, I was being stupid in, like, a hundred ways. But it can very easily lead to dangerous situations, both physically and mentally. Mm. Um, so, yeah, man. The rest of the trip was still long. Doesn't live up to nearly that. Um, but I guess that was the peak of it, I guess. That, that was the peak of it. I can talk more about it after the break. I can, yep. we can go on to other topics after the break. All right, I'm good. With yeah, see, because we're, we're very good at talking. <laughs> yeah. Because if you look at that... Holy bejesus. Yeah, yeah, good. So even then, like, we'll see, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll take a break. And if we decide that the break is actually the end, the video will know. But we won't. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll determine for that now. So let's break now. Come back to it. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Oh, no. It's a fucking... Oh, again. Again. It's a theme. It is. Fuck yes. You actually got it. Yeah, good. Good. Nice. Good. That's going in the video. All right. Hell yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. I wanted to fucking uh, take time. All right. I watched a movie recently. Okay. I'll tell you about the movie and then you tell me about the... The scandal. Uh, Okay. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So, uh, the movie that I recently asked if you were interested in, what... Do you remember what that movie was? I remember you talking about a TV show, but that might have been a separate... That was a separate thing. So I'm specifically talking... Ah, about yes, Weird Al Yankovic. About the Is Weird Al Yankovic. Yankovic or Yankovic? Uh, uh, they... Alright, fuck it. So I think... Okay, okay, so I believe it's Yankovic, because they say it in the movie. But due to the nature of the movie... Okay, so Weird Al is known for parodies, right? Yeah. So the whole movie is a parody on biopics as well. So I didn't know that going in. And I was just kind of confused because the dialogue sounds a little bit off. Like, it's a little bit weird here and there. Right. Uh, it's, it'll be... I've thought of a good activity. When we're done here, when we're eating dinner, I'll put the movie on. Oh, right? Because oh, that's... Nice. That'll be... That's good. Because I want to watch it again. That's how much Dude, I enjoy I'm, it. I'm pretty fucking curious now. Yeah. If now that we've established that we're definitely going to watch it again, I won't spoil what happens in it specifically. Okay. So there's like... Yeah, there's obviously cameos and characters that you don't expect to be there. And the way themselves, basically, like their real selves. No comment. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, But no, the the fact that it's a parody on biopics and how biopics are as well—that's what—that's what what to me says this is the best biopic movie. Now, it wouldn't be as good as it is without those previous biopic movies. However, it's still a good movie in itself. So you'll see what I mean, I think, and it'll be interesting to. Uh, watch it after the I'm, break. I'm on board, man. I'm That's good. That's good. Good. All right. Good. Well, good. That cuts my interview out. Like the interview, the review, oh, like just part, like yeah, yeah. completely at the knees. But I dude, feel like I'm almost jealous. You get to cut a part out, but we'll yeah, give it a shot. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Well, moving on. So <laughs> you have a scandal that you told me about on the phone briefly, and we're like, no, no, no. Let's discuss it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't have a lot of the details, but I did at least have a bit of a Google on the way here. Basically, a Canadian band has lately gotten into a lot of fire from Australians um, because they played the didgeridoo. And previously, that's all the information I had. Okay. So my first instinct was kind of... I don't know. If an Aboriginal man was playing the guitar... Would we give them shit for that? But 
I have since looked into it on the train right here to kind of understand, I guess, a bit better what is the actual outrage and just instead of just reading that it is one. Okay. Um, and yeah, there is also like a indigenous-led Insta channel commenting on it or something that it has to do with reminding you of history of white people kind of profiting off cultural items without actually benefiting, like without the money even going at all to... See, wasn't it... It wasn't Elvis... Was Elvis a thief? From, of what? In the sense that um, like people would say that he would steal black people's music. Not in the sense of, oh, you wrote this song, this is my song, but more like... Like the style? The style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... Well, that's the thing. So, right... With any of these, I'm always very curious... You know, what's the opinion of the Aboriginal people? Mm-hmm. Um, well, probably... Because... Well, not even... Okay, just... Okay, if you wanted the opinion of a white person, you wouldn't say, I want an opinion of white people and then go to one guy. So <laughs> well, I... So well, like, so that's the, well, exactly. You, you comment on two things at the same time. Is one, I want to hear their opinion because white people have this tendency to get offended on behalf of others, even if sometimes they're fine. The second thing, as you say, being plural, because not every person of a race or of a sex or whatever is thinking the same anyway. Yeah, so it's, more, it's, it's a lot more personal yeah. if you ask them. So yeah, no, it'd be cool. Um, so like, I'm genuinely curious whether that would be considered an issue because what do you say with the music thing just reminds me of just a way bigger point of shouldn't we in a way be sharing the best parts of each other's cultures and like taking things on? That is, look, humans are tri- like they, they, they always group themselves into tribes of, oh, political left, political right, or um race or like anything in that scope like any very easy groups to make people tend to do it whether it's uh conscious subconscious it just happens naturally it is what it is people just make those groups <laughs> <laughs> dude on that note um if i may or yeah, 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 yeah okay. go, go, go. just reminded me of one of my favorite psychology uh studies that i read about um specifically on group forming they were making experiments to see how easily we can fall into groups. And basically, in the experiment, they told, they showed people a bunch of art from two artists and asked them which one they preferred. Do they prefer Klee or Kandinsky? And purely based on the fact that people were told, even if it wasn't true, that, oh, now you're in a group with other people who prefer the same artists, I forgot the rest of the study i forgot how they actually measured it but it was like they showed dislike of the other group and just identified as i'm a clear liker now or i'm a kandinsky hater or whatever it was <laughs> the same as i was gonna say like it came and then it fucking vanished oh, um yeah no that is that is quite interesting um now here's the thing when i was talking about the groups before <laughs> I forgot why I was talking about the groups before, and I was hoping it would come back. It hasn't. Ah, uh, man. Um, in that case, I can say one more funny study in case it comes back. Just yes. No, 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 I'm starting to remember back. Right, so we're right, grouping right. up people because we were like, hey, this one person doesn't speak for the entire group when it was if the Aboriginal person plays a guitar the same way that the Canadians were playing the didgeridoo. Yeah, exactly. Right, so I don't have any attachment to Aboriginal culture. Um, I see the Canadians play a didgeridoo. I don't know if no other instrument. Oh no, maybe because because the didgeridoo is specifically Aboriginal. So this is what I looked up because this is what I didn't understand before, but I wanted to, I guess, look into it. 
so it's it's said that the didgeridoo is considered sacred by a lot of them and that you're meant to ask for permission so that's the difference between some random person using an electric guitar from when the electric guitar is for somewhere else yeah but because of that yeah cultural significance i guess yeah then you just have to agree that that was like i guess cultural appropriation but did it harm anyone well in the sense that people had a backlash like that type of harm maybe um so there's I, more I'm, to it than that though well no I, I definitely agree i definitely see now i guess why you might become upset but in any case with like 99 percent, i think of cultural appropriation like that i don't think there's an ill intention of the canadian band in any way i think they're just playing what they think is a cool instrument which i agree um like yeah you can comment on call it out but you don't have to like instantly have a backlash of like i'm not going to know the etiquette of canadian uh whatever their customs uh, native native like, customs yeah exactly oh, oh they're like the native people like, exactly like what the, what so like with the canadian aboriginals yeah 100 percent. so yeah. i'm all like definitely for dialogue i think we should be um educating each other but not like expecting the other side of the world to know what their native versus white yeah no because people are still stuck in those pre-established groups like even people who don't learn about the world they're i guess if they have a natural curiosity they'll go about and learn about the world but if they prefer safety and security of not knowing uh then they stay and then reject everything that's different um I guess being in a closed reality like that, not many people would choose to go into it. They choose not to go out of it. But if you think of think of the Truman Show, right? He's in that enclosed world for that whole movie, and then as soon as he finds out, he wants to leave. That's his now is his life goal. Ah, oh, but some people would stay. Well, more like if it was the other way around. Sure, he would choose to go in because he was on the outside. But he'd very quickly to choose just to go back out again. So because they've had that, I guess, view of what's external. So uh, basically your point about learning from other groups, spreading out, and that's, that's good. I 100% agree. It's fun new topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to be hard. Man. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it was quite hard. Uh, that's going to be funny to look back at. Uh, I have oh, to refer man. to the notes because my brain just ran out of words. Yeah, no. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, so i got to show you something. And this is this is the whole reason why we're using this now is because when I get to show something, now when I say I'll put on screen, it's literally, it's here. And this is a, like a real life thing. So that's how it's going to be from now on. So when i bring this up i just gotta find it ah uh, is that the drug raid yes yeah okay so as you know we have a very big peruvian audience very big uh even though the numbers don't show it i know it's there so uh i want to cover something topical for the peruvians so i have here this uh news video it is in english i don't know if they don't speak english i think portuguese is that i don't know about peru actually brazil's hmm. portuguese argentina Spanish. no but i was thinking of their neighbors as well so yeah all right. It's probably either Portuguese or Spanish. So here, I'm going to give the rundown. And I guess if I hold it, I'm going to figure out where to hold it, where the audio is not going to be shit for the mics. I'm going to go out and limb and guess that it's Spanish. Just because I have a mate who has a very Spanish sounding name, but he's from Peru. But okay, good. Spanish sounding. Okay. So, uh, 
basically, for Halloween, the Peruvian police like to dress up and they, well, they, they, they do house raids for police house raid thing reasons. And here is a video of someone, I guess, just talking about this particular one. I think I, I'm pretty sure it's good. I don't, I didn't look back and watch the video before I played this, but we're going to gamble here. So let's see how this goes. Right. Police in Peru are busting drug dealers dressed up as the Avengers. Look, I know this happened on the other side of the world, but I haven't stopped watching this footage all morning. So this week in the Peruvian capital of Lima, four police officers dressed up as Spider-Man, Captain America, Thor, and Black Widow in an operation called Marvel, which is a surefire way to get a cease and assist, but whatever. They raided a house and seized just over 3,200 packages of cocaine paste, as well as bags of cocaine. It was successful. Speaking to local media, the police said that when they first entered the house, the occupants originally thought that it was all part of a Halloween prank, but soon realized it wasn't once Spider-Man started pinning one of them to the ground. Now, this isn't the first time the police in Peru have dressed up for a drug raid. Back in 2020, they dressed up as Santa and his elves. Anyway, these disguises are still way better than anything that undercover cops in Australia have used. So, imagine this, right? You're like, you're in a, you're in a room with your buddies, you're doing some illegal activities, you're doing coke. And then fucking Santa and his elves just like rush in. Like, oh, that's fucking, that's funny. That's so funny. Oh, it is. I just, I can't even imagine. Like, it just, I don't know the way he said how Spider-Man then like kneeled him to the ground or whatever. Yeah, like, like that's just him so down. surreal. Yeah, you say, like, guys, guys, look, I'm getting pinned by <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. fuck, man. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, and then like the rest of them fucking run into. <laughs> oh. See, when you told me about that clip, I thought that they because it was Halloween, they raided a house who happened to they the, were the ones no. dressed up as... No, 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 no. <laughs> I specifically didn't clarify on the off chance that you wouldn't get... Well, like... see, because I noticed even the way that the reporter said it, it still sounded like he could have meant that other one. Yeah. Where... Well, but no, it was the police dressed as them. That'd be, that's... It's... Damn, dude. Yeah, no, it's good. I think there was something else Peruvian uh, that I had in the notes for this uh, very important segment, the Peru segment. I feel like a drug raid is probably the one thing that they could do dressed up without getting distracted. Like they wouldn't want to go to like a terrorist, or like a hostage situation dressed as. Although, yeah, but it would be, it, it, it's a good distraction. Yeah. There's no camouflage or tactical advantage being dressed in like bright red or blue, but yeah, all right. Uh, no, that's it. Um, I'm done here. <laughs> I fucking there. I thought there was more Peruvian stuff. There was not. I'm sorry, Peru. All right, we'll we'll get more content for you guys. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, is that a segue for you to tell something else, or do you reckon we're good here? Um, I didn't have anything in mind. I previously had more in mind, just little bits and bobs for the acid, but no, nah, don't. Remember. Yeah, that's all right. So we I'm closed off a lot on there. there. We did. We that did. was good. We had a good day. Let's you know, for like for the next five minutes of the podcast, let's review the podcast. All right. Alright, so I think we had a, a very at first, like we just sat down and started talking. That's how I like the idea of a podcast working because it's literally just a record of conversation. You know, it's it could be used for entertainment purposes, could be whatever private look back when you're like fifty years old. Hey, look, there's a couple of hours of conversation from my mid twenties. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that we were able to just get there and get into it, yeah, it's good. Thanks. That's why you like you. You're climbing up on the list of favorite guests. Hey, yeah, and right. that's to put shit on everyone else who <laughs> happens to listen, and then it's like, hey, wait, what about me? It's like, you know who you are, and you know where you stand. 
bit of a friendly competition can't hurt to yeah we're all helping each other get better by that's it yeah i mean like, making you're each other all, jealous you're all just helping me really <laughs> you know it's it's i do appreciate that though so well, thanks of thanks course thank you and if anything it just yeah gave me a good rush of energy to start off on the foot of finally meeting a fellow non-whistler abler mm. yeah see that was a very important part that i've only just remembered <laughs> so fuck yeah all right well cool that's it then the podcast is done go home you got better things to do